Imagine you're in the Arctic, close to the North Pole. You're standing on a thick layer of sea ice, and the ocean is three meters below your feet. It's freezing. The wind rips across the icy landscape. But you're prepared. You're an explorer with the highest tech available, and you have on a special suit that keeps you warm. The real purpose of the suit, however, is for diving, because you're going into the ocean, very deep below the ice. There's a hole already cut through the ice sheet for you, and you walk up to the edge. You look down at that dark, frigid water, take a breath, and jump. With a splash, you land in darkness, but quickly your eyes adjust to the dimness. You look above you and see the glowing white ice sheet. It looks like a beautiful frozen cloud. You can hear its creaks ripple through the water, but all that quickly fades as you sink into the dark depths. You fall through the water and fall and fall until you've reached a thousand meters. This is exactly where you want to be. Hopefully what you're looking for will come. There is no more light this deep in the ocean. The water is 29 degrees Fahrenheit. You are suspended in darkness. Luckily, you have lights on your suit. Let's turn those on. The light immediately illuminates marine snow. It's a never-ending shower of tiny organic matter particles falling to the bottom of the ocean. It looks like dust. You notice something out of the corner of your eye. Oh, it's just some fish. They're curious about the lights. They peck at small crustaceans that have also been attracted by the lights. And then, suddenly, the fish dart off. Something has scared them. You peer into the darkness, trying to see, but it's like looking at a shadow in a dark room. Then, out of the gloom, swimming slowly, comes a shark. It's massive, almost four times longer than your refrigerator. It's gray with scars all over its body. It has a huge blunt nose and pearly dull eyes. It swims around you, curious. This is what you've been looking for. It's a Greenland shark, and it's ancient. This animal in front of you was born long before the United States became a country. Based on its size, it could have been born when Shakespeare was writing Romeo and Juliet, or when Sir Isaac Newton was discovering gravity, when the Taj Mahal was being built. It sounds crazy, but this is a real animal. Greenland sharks, smaller than the one in front of you, are estimated to be up to 500 years old. Today's episode is a short one for a change. It's about this shark, the longest living vertebrate in the world. An animal, you'll find out, that gets stranger the more we learn about it. So let's dive in. I'm Ian Rock, and you're listening to Wildlife. First things first, how on earth do you figure out how old a shark is anyway? Well, in the case of the Greenland shark, it's a bit of a saga. For some sharks, you can simply count the growth rings on their fin spines and vertebrae, like the rings of a tree. 
but Greenland sharks' entire bodies are soft, even their cartilaginous skeleton. It's too spongy to show the growth rings. However, there were early hints that these sharks were ancient. In the 1930s, Greenland sharks were caught, measured, tagged, and released. Then, in the 1950s, those same sharks were caught and measured again. The shark's new measured length suggested that they grow at an achingly slow centimeter per year at most. Now keep in mind that these sharks are one of the largest sharks in the world, usually reaching lengths of 21 feet and weighing over 2,000 pounds, and possibly getting as large as 24 feet in length and more than 3,000 pounds. So it was presumed that these giant sharks were incredibly old. But it wasn't until 2009 that three Danish scientists came up with an ingenious way to more accurately determine the shark ages. The answer was hidden in, of all things, their eyes. Shark eyes, and also our eyes for that matter, contain proteins called lens crystallines. These crystallines are unique because unlike almost any other part of the body, they don't get recycled or replaced. They are with us, or in us, from birth. And being organic material, they of course contain carbon. And with that carbon comes a radioactive isotope called carbon-14. This isotope is constantly being created on our planet. It originates from cosmic rays coming from space and reacting with nitrogen in our atmosphere. There was also a bunch of carbon-14 added to the Earth's oceans in the 1950s and 60s when we were testing nuclear bombs like crazy. That nuclear bomb influx left a mark, a measurable bomb pulse, a blip that scientists can see clearly. That was the start, an accurate point of reference. The amount of carbon-14 on Earth fluctuates naturally year by year. And over time, it shows up as a specific signature. Long story short, with experimentation, the scientists can use this signature and the bomb pulse to date the crystallines. And with the help of growth charts and other measuring techniques, they're able to age the sharks. From there, it was a matter of going on fishing vessels. And whenever a shark was brought in as bycatch, its eyes would be collected and the carbon-14 would be measured. The oldest shark they found, a 16-foot-long female, was at the very least 272 years old, but has potentially been alive for 500 years. And it's suspected that the biggest sharks, the 23-footers, could be over 600 years old. What might be even more mind-boggling, or maybe just put these lifespans in perspective, is that the females don't become sexually mature until they're 150 years old. 150 years old before they are considered an adult. What? This discovery shows that these sharks outlive the next longest living vertebrate by a huge amount. Second place goes to the bowhead whale at 200 years old, a young buck compared to the sharks. So how is it possible for an animal to live this long? Well, to be honest, some of it is still just a mystery to us. But we have uncovered some science secrets. Scientists believe that a lot of it has to do with the very cold water and slow lifestyle that they live. The way I look at it is that these sharks basically live in slow motion. They are the slowest swimmers for their size in the world, with a cruising speed of just about a kilometer an hour, or three quarters of a mile an hour. That's basically as fast as a crawling baby. The freezing temperatures that the sharks live in lower their metabolic rate, slowing everything down. For example, their heart beats every 12 seconds as opposed to ours beating at least once a second. These sharks love it cold. By the way, quick side note in case you didn't know, the salt in the ocean lowers its freezing point. 
That's how sharks are sometimes found living in 28 degree Fahrenheit water. Brr, cold. Fascinatingly, scientists think that this cold water actually helps activate anti-aging genes that will dispose of damaging molecules or even help fight infections. Essentially, their bodies don't break down nearly as fast as ours. But that's also not the full story, and we're continuing to do research to try to uncover secrets hidden behind their longevity and how they can be applied to human lifespans, for better or for worse. Let's go back under the ocean. You watch the massive shark in the gloom as it circles you. And you think, what has it seen? Where has it been? These sharks certainly live eerie lives, swimming oh so slowly through the frigid water for hundreds of years. But hold on to your fins, because things are about to get stranger. As the shark passes close by you, you see that its eyes are milky blue and unseen. You look closer and notice something long and stringy hanging from the center of its eyeball. This is a parasite, a copepod, a worm-like crustacean that makes the cornea of the Greenland shark its home, and also dinner. One hypothesis is that the copepod may glow with bioluminescence, and this helps attract fish to the shark, so it could be that they have a symbiotic relationship. Although, having a little worm-like crustacean slowly eating my eye away for my entire life and quickly rendering me almost completely blind doesn't seem like the best relationship or trade-off. Also, there's no evidence that the copepods do actually glow. Scientists have tested them in dark rooms and have seen nothing. So all this sounds like it really sucks for the shark. But keep in mind that the shark already lives in almost pitch black water. It's totally fine not being able to see because like most sharks, it has an incredible sense of smell as well as other sensory organs, making it perfectly capable of detecting prey without eyes. But man, what a life. You look at this animal as it moves slowly around you. 500 years in the dark, swimming in freezing water, just looking for food. There are animals that do live longer than Greenland sharks, but they are invertebrates. Technically, the longest living animal in the world is a glass sponge living up to 10,000 years old. Others are corals, tube worms, and mollusks like the quahog clam. But come on, those are hard to relate to. Most of them don't even have brains. Sharks are different. They have brain-to-body mass ratios similar to mammals and birds. They demonstrate curiosity and may even play. There are things we are a long way away from knowing, if knowing them is even possible. One of those things is understanding what animals are thinking. I wonder what these sharks remember, what goes through their mind. As they swim through all those years, what does it take for an animal to be influenced by its past? And what does it mean if it is? Maybe Greenland sharks don't remember much at all. They don't really feel their age. On the other hand, maybe there's a chance they remember something from 300 years ago, even if it's just a shadow of an image or a smell. I don't know, what is time to a shark that swims slowly, only in search of food, in the cold dark, day after day after day, your shark finally turns to leave. It's decided you're not the food it's looking for. You watch as it heads back into the abyss, swallowed up by the dark. But wait, we're not quite done yet. This actually brings up a good point. How does a shark that moves slower than a slowly walking human catch anything? Well, they must be doing something right because all manner of animals have been found inside Greenland sharks. 
I'm talking polar bears, moose, reindeer, other sharks, eels, lots of different kinds of fish, seals, and they're one of the few animals known to actually hunt giant squid. Scientists think that the only way they manage to get this prey is to scavenge on already dead animals, or they ambush them, sneaking up on a seal while it's sleeping, or a squid, slowly and silently in the dark depths. Well, the shark is weird enough, right? We don't need to keep going, right? Evolution says no. It turns out on top of all this, these sharks are super toxic. Like literally toxic, not the other kind of toxic. If you were to eat a bit of fresh flesh, you would start to get, as the locals say, shark drunk. You'd get dizzy, you may pass out, and you'd feel the effects, the hangover, if you will, for days later. And if you ate a lot, you could die. That's because these sharks have a high concentration of trimethylamine oxide, or TMAO, in their body, which is toxic to us. One of the uses of TMAO is to counteract the also very high concentrations of urea in the shark. Yes, the same urea that's inside our urine. Urea is also toxic. It breaks down proteins and it's produced by the breakdown of proteins. We filter out urea in our kidneys and get rid of it through our pee. Greenland sharks retain urea. They use it alongside trimethylamine oxide to help with their buoyancy, as well as to maintain osmotic balance. Osmotic balance meaning it helps them keep the same salinity levels as the ocean water around them. Without it, the ocean would either suck water out of the shark or the shark would absorb too much water from the ocean. Either way, the shark would die. Okay, so super mysterious shark lives thousands of meters below the surface, is super toxic to eat. But guess what? Humans still found a way to eat it. There's a delicacy in Iceland whose name I'm not gonna try to pronounce. That is fermented Greenland shark. Traditionally, the way to make it edible involves burying the raw shark flesh underground for six to eight weeks, which processes the trimethylamine oxide out of the meat. Then the meat is hung up to dry for another few months. After all that, it's safe to eat. That's what makes it safe. Hats off to the person who discovered this. Really taking a gamble eating the rotten shark meat. <laughs> but to their surprise, they were fine. As you can imagine, the food demands an acquired taste. It's very ammonia-y and fishy. Now obviously there are some serious conservation concerns regarding an animal that doesn't become sexually mature until it's 150 years old and can be pregnant with a baby for 18 years before giving birth. But the shark's biggest threat doesn't come from fishing for this Icelandic delicacy. They are mainly caught as bycatch, thousands of sharks a year. However, this pales in comparison to shark fisheries as a whole. It's estimated that up to 100 million sharks can be caught each year. That's 11,000 sharks every hour. Now, Greenland sharks may be old, but again, if we take a step back and look at the whole shark family, the time is nothing. They are one of the longest existing groups of animals on the planet. The first sharks are estimated to be swimming on Earth around 420 million years ago. To put that in perspective, trees have been around for 370 million years. Sharks are literally older than trees. Humans have only been on the planet for 300,000 years. Yet since 1970, so about 10 million times shorter than the amount of time sharks have been on the planet, we have reduced their population by 70%. By the way, I feel like it's important to mention that the number of humans killed by sharks per year is around 10. To put that in perspective, around 2,000 people die from lightning strikes per year. So to end this episode, I just wanted to take a quick moment to zoom out and reiterate. 
give you the spark notes on why sharks are so important to our planet. They're apex predators, so they maintain ecosystems. This means they control food chains, they help prevent any particular species from getting out of control, they cycle nutrients because they're such long-distance travelers. They also help prey populations stay healthy by weeding out the sick or diseased. All in all, they create balance. The Greenland shark is amazingly unique, but all sharks are incredible. And it is possible for their numbers to bounce back. Since the discovery of their true age, Greenland sharks are now protected. And sure, that's only one species of shark, but I believe stories like this one can help show how crucial and special sharks are in general, and can be the first stepping stones to worldwide protection. Understanding that protecting them in the end is also protecting us. Thanks for listening, guys. This episode was written and produced by me, Ian Rock. I'm a conservation and wildlife photographer based in Vietnam. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving a review. It really helps me a ton and lets me keep making these episodes. If you want to read the studies I used when researching this episode, I've linked them in the podcast description. And finally, if you'd like to follow me for photographs, updates, and behind-the-scenes content, you can find me on Instagram at Ian in the Wild. Okay, that's it for now. Until the next expedition. Bye.